I'll wait for the beeping to stop. Stop the beeping! <laughs> we're recording now. No more and, beeps. And we're rolling. Hey, everyone! Welcome to Leaf Bones of Bill and Steve. I'm Bill. And I'm Steve. Movies talk, so let's talk movies. Let's talk those movies. Steve, how are you doing this wonderful week? I am doing okay. Hell yeah! I uh, don't really have any uh, news on my end. It's been a laid-back week. Um, you know, just uh, hung out at a couple parties over the weekend. Nothing major. Did not get belligerently drunk like I did at my Christmas party. Good. Um, and that's pretty much it. Oh, I went to the uh, dentist today uh, nice. to get my crown fixed because it was loose, and the dentist fixed it and said, uh, so yeah, this is probably going to happen again, which means you need to get a uh, tooth implant. So you need to go see an oral surgeon who's going to uh, rip open your gum and graft a screw to your jawbone. Yep. And um, you don't worry, you have really good dental insurance, which covers 70% of the procedure. I don't know how much the surgeon will charge on his end, but on our end, it's going to be $670 for the temporary tooth to make it so that you don't have a hole in your mouth for six months, and then the new crown for the implant. So... I hate my mouth, Bill. Your mouth is pretty fucked. I hate it so much. We'll just make another talking cat movie. I'll cover it. Perfect. Per- no, perfect. Perfect. But that's it. Swag. How are you doing, Bill? Should get a gold tooth while that money you're spending. Hell yeah, gold tooth. Might as well just go for it. Fuck it. I'm doing pretty great. You know, uh, I was on vacation for the last 12 days or so. Because during the holidays and using some sicko PTO time, it was an excellent time. Spent a lot of time watching films with Rachel, you know, picking up a lot of stuff, either with, you know, Christmas money or just having a, a coffee table full of movies I buy that don't necessarily get to watching them. So the stacks are becoming um, quite huge, Steve. The anxiety is crushing and the fact that I have all these movies I should probably watch. So I watched a lot of them. It's really enjoyable. I watched uh, uh, William Friedkin's uh, Sorcerer for the first time, starring Roy Schneider. That film is incredible. Nice. I watched, uh, I, um, on, the, on the eve of uh, cl- uh, imminent nuclear war, I watched a film called Miracle Mile. That that was a really charming, uh, lovely romantic comedy. Perfect. Uh, people who have seen the film are going to love my description of it. If you haven't seen it, check it out. If you But don't, um, it's a very depressing movie. <laughs> I just wanna, I'm just going to say that. Uh, so there's that. Uh, good good times. Uh, what else did I check out? Um, I watched uh, The Wailing. That was a highly regarded film, a South Korean horror film. I think from last year or the year before. Not really, didn't get really a lot of press. But I thought it was pretty good. Okay. Uh, kind of went some. I I thought yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I think overall I really enjoyed it. I just kind of I don't know how I felt about it by the end. But I did watch The Villainous, which is a South Korean action film that was highly regarded. I, I think I would really like it if it had a better director. Okay. Because there was a lot of first-person action scenes that were not very as nearly as well done as, like, Hardcore Henry. Well, of course it wasn't. So they were very hard to watch. And uh, there were just other segments that necessarily weren't nece- that weren't necessarily first-person, but just the way they were shot was, like, the camera was fucking flying around all of the time. And I think a lot of the stuff they were doing was really unique and interesting. I just couldn't watch the fucking thing. Right. And I usually have a high, you know, tolerance for shaky cam and first-person stuff, but I was having a tough time with this movie. Mm-hmm. And so, probably, you know, when you're looking at your two major action set pieces being unwatchable, it kind of hurts your overall film, even if that's only, like, 15 minutes of the entire film. Right. 
so I would give that a slight recommendation in that regard. Worth checking out, but yeah, drop, for sure. Drop ball. Yeah, so I'm trying to think if there's anything else interesting. I watched the book of a uh, book of life. That was a Guillermo del Toro produced CG animated film from two years ago. Or sorry, I guess three years ago at this point. Oh no, mm-hmm. now we're in 2018. Sorry, four years ago. Jesus Christ! Goddamn, New Year's is coming up on me like a stack of bricks. And there's a Gizmo Cat. Yeah, sorry. Oh, don't be sorry for our, our lovely uh, guest Gizmo Cat. Our, our guest Gizmo Cat. Uh, Gizmo, how has the new level of fame been hitting you? I know. Oh, Jesus. Bags of pills, you say? Well, I mean, that's how you stay awake to act. Um, so you... For the month of December, 950 people watched A Merry Christmas. Hell yeah! Sorry, you saw Book of Life. Continue. I did. Uh, I, I'd been meaning to see it for a while because it looked interesting. And especially when Coco came out, it's kind of like, oh, I should check this movie out. Then eventually when I can get around to seeing Coco, I can do a kind of a comparison. Because they kind of address similar things. Yeah. Uh, it was a very interesting movie. Um, there was... Uh, sometimes a bit too kid kitty, like it had, like modern songs in it sometimes yeah. and stuff. I didn't care for that stuff, but I would say the overall was really enjoyable. There was definitely some some very good humor in the film. Yeah, the modern songs I wasn't a fan of, but otherwise I really really like Book of Life, especially mm-hmm. the visuals. Yeah, the visuals I really enjoyed the interesting uh, like uh, doll like wooden doll style of all the people in the film and everything. Mm-hmm. It had a great great art 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 design. Really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it's most of the in, most interesting things I checked out. So there's that. Other than that, uh, just you know, Steve, tomorrow, uh, you know, early in the morning, I'll be waking up at one a.m. to watch Wrestle Kingdom twelve. Uh, the hype is very real. I will not be able to see it until Sunday, so no spoilers, please. Well, just stay off social media. I will. That's that's. It's funny. I, I one of the wrestling podcasts I listened to today was uh, the, one of the hosts kind of going off on that because he was good. They always get shit like, "Oh, spoilers," and you'll say, "So you expect me to not post anything on my Twitter account and stuff because you can't keep yourself from going on Twitter and then seeing spoilers? How about you just take responsibility and stay off wherever you're going to be at if you don't want spoilers? You know, you don't expect you don't go into work the next day complaining because people are talking about the score of the Super Bowl." fucking spoilers guys <laughs> I, and I totally get his point like when, when there's uh, new Japan shows of the mornings I don't want to stay up all night to watch them I just stay off Facebook I just don't talk I just stay away from places where something could be spoiled for me that I care about but for some reason I guess there's just wrestling fans out there that expect everyone else to curate to them and their needs well um, in news relating to New Japan uh, there was a big announcement that, that uh, PC wrestling game Fire Pro Wrestling is coming to the PS4 later this year uh, but in addition to that news, to our listeners, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling has made a deal and there's going to be a full-fledged NJPW story mode in the game. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Because that yeah. game honestly doesn't look like the kind of game I like. I'm not a big fan of that style, but if it's got a, a story mode of a uh, non-WWE wrestling company, sign me up. Yeah, if I, that game looks really cool. I just never picked it up on PC, but just the amount of work people have put into that game, creating wrestlers, creating movesets, like that engine, everything with that is insane. Yeah. The amount of stuff you can do in that game. I have heard that. I've heard a lot of really good things about that. Yeah, just a lot of people who just would make, you know, any any every wrestler you can think of is in that can be made and put in that game. You can create movesets, so like any like special moves, you look at like the One-Winged Angel, Rainmaker, 
Destino, I don't know, Star, Stardust Press, any, anything, like especially when it comes to the New Japan movies, all that other type of stuff that I'm naming off there. You can you can make them and everything. So here's a big commercial for that game. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's a console release is going to be pretty interesting. Yeah. I'm more likely to play it with it being on console, especially if it's going to have all the New Japan mm-hmm. uh, content. Right. So that's excellent stuff. Uh, and then uh, just a forward for next week, we will be discussing, uh, for the episode of next week, we will be, we, uh, we will be reviewing Wrestle Kingdom 12. So, the best uh, movie. Uh, the best movie film. It's it, you know it's really it's a mumblecore film. At, at really at its heart. There you go. I I, I felt bad because I I was talking about that to somebody, and I had to make sure to specify that mumblecore is a real filmmaking technique, not just a silly thing I'm making up. <laughs> and then I was really upset that I was having to describe what mumblecore is to somebody. I I have no I really don't have any patience or tolerance for those movies. Yeah. I have an idea. I'm gonna have a skeletal plot and just have everyone wing it. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> oh, you're you're an expert filmmaker. Fucking expert. Expert. I, I mean, whatever. Everything has its audience, I guess. As long as you can make a buck doing your art, good for you, I guess. Just not my cup of tea. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Not my cup of tea. Okay, so uh, <laughs> with that out of the way, we can get on to some movie news, Steve. Okay. But, you got some. You had some good movie news. Got some good deets to drop. What kind of what kind of deets do we have? Well, you t- you told me something really cool. I'm I'm trying to lead you into explaining something I didn't know about until you told me it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what was going on. Ah, uh, Steve. Okay. Um, John English three has a release date September of 2018. I, I I'm I'm very surprised that this is a thing. Yeah. And like, cool, because I really like John English 1, but I didn't really like John English 2, and I didn't expect there was ever going to be a Johnny English 3. You know what? Thinking back, though, when they announced Johnny English 2, I think I had the exact same reaction of, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, they're doing okay. that, and then it came out, and then I guess they're doing the same thing. We're just, years later, we're going to make a sequel to this film. I mean, I, I'm curious, when did, when did, uh... Yeah, what was the years between one and two, and now two I'm, and three? I'm gonna check. I'm gonna check out the, the Johnny English cinematic universe here, real quick. Sweet. Oh yeah, uh, Johnny English Reborn, 2011. Okay. So seven years later, we're getting a sequel. Fantastic. And I'm, now I'm curious, like when uh, the first Johnny English came out. I want to say that was like 05 or something. Uh, we're gonna hop on William Atkinson. Well, William, William Atkinson. Hop on. Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. It was about, it was eight years, actually. Johnny English was 2003. Oh, wow. That's, that's especially why in 2011 I had that feeling of like, oh, they're making a sequel to that. Okay. Okay. I mean. So so in fucking another near decade, Rowan Atkinson will be rolling out in his fucking wheelchair for Johnny English 4. Yeah, 2025. Re-re-reborn. Well, it was kind of similar. Let's see. Bean, yeah, with Bean's Holiday, it was kind of a similar case where 97 was when Bean came out, and then Mr. Bean's Holiday was 2007. Mm-hmm. Atkinson just likes to have, like, you know, ten, you know, around 10 years in between film projects. Okay. Just taking to DC. I can't wait for the sequel to Rat Race to come out. Oh, jeez. We're almost there. Come on. Yeah, I'll be, I'll just, I'll just, uh, let's just, let's just not even hide the fact that it's a, uh, you know, remake of a mad 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 world let's say it's it's another mad 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 world perfect i'm always not sure if i'm getting enough mads in there <laughs> we need more mads more mads. and we can get mads 
Oh, fuck, what's his last name? Mads Mikkelsen? Yeah, Mads Mikkelsen will be in it. Well, only if his, uh, his... It's a mad, 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 mads world. If only if his key holder, Hideo Tommy, lets him... That's, it's shit. I might, I'm sorry. Hideo Kojima. If only his <laughs> key holder, Hideo Kojima, uh, lets him off the leash long enough to do that. Hideo Kojima's gotten weird. Mm-hmm. I don't think we ever talked about that Death Stranding short film that was at the game awards yeah i didn't care for it i don't know it was rc and i'm like okay but what is it what does this mean yeah what what is this game what are you what are you selling us well hopefully we'll get some actual gameplay and stuff in 10 years (laughs) in 10 years but everyone's just like losing their shit over it i'm like i i used to be really on the kojima train but i don't I guess I just got off the train and I just can't get back. I mean, I've said it before and I get a lot of shit for it all the fucking time by a bunch of people that just want to blame one group of people instead of the director that made all the initial bad decisions. Um, I think Metal Gear Solid V is bad. I think it is a terrible Metal Gear Solid game. I think it's not that good of a game. I think it is a downgrade from 3 and 4 in every single way. But, just because I really didn't like Metal Gear Solid V does not mean I'm going to write Kojima off completely. Because Hideo still has made several of my favorite games of all time. So I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt on Death Stranding. I'm I'm interested. I'm not excited, but I'm interested. And I look forward to see more information so that I can actually gauge how excited or not excited I should be. Mm-hmm. But he's made some great stuff. He's off the leash. I don't know if that's good or bad, but we're going to find out. It's rough. I, I I I think I might be maybe too too emotional. When I talk about, it, but I think I think you're right. I, I'll give it a shot. It's just everything I've seen so far is just a bunch of avant garde, like silly, r- ridiculous crap that I don't understand what he's going for or what the point of any of this is. And I don't even know what this game's going to be about. Mm-hmm. And it's been in development for what four years? Yeah, three years. Let's say three. Three. Think, think yeah. three. Sorry, yeah, three. Because he already left. He already's already. Leave left uh, Konami to work on other stuff. To meet man, yeah, I think three. I think three is right. I don't want to make it sound like because like most people's like, oh, it's been like ten years for this game. No, <laughs> it hasn't been that long, but it feels like a long time because we don't really know anything about what we're getting. We just know that there's uh, um, Norman Reedus, Mads Mikkelsen, Guillermo del Toro. There's babies. There's invisible monsters. There's people's corpses flying in the sky. There's Jeez, what else? Uh, babies. babies inside of people, pot, giving up the thumbs up to stuff. Thumbs up baby. That was a baby inside of a man. Then he's all of a sudden holding another baby in a thing. There's babies everywhere. Man, people are going to love this. They're going to eat it up. Uh, meanwhile, Metal Gear Solid Survive comes out in I think, February. Cool. It uh, might I'm be good. Out. I'm still going to check that game out. Everyone's yep. like, this is not Metal Gear. Metal Gear Solid is not Metal Gear. I'm like, man, you must not like Resort Revengeance or anything, I guess. No, my favorite thing is whenever people keep on, like, parroting Hideo saying, when he said, I don't see how zombies have anything to do with Metal Gear Solid. It was like, oh, oh, see? Oh, 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 oh Konami's just putting fucking zombies into Metal Gear. And yeah, ignore the fact five. that, yeah, there was a bunch of fucking zombies in fucking Metal Gear Solid 5, which was Hideo's fucking game. Uh, but that's different. No one's been able to really explain to me how it's different, but it's different. See if it's really different so different. Steve, Steve, Steve. You're just a cuck. You don't understand. 
Uh, other bit of news. Speaking of things from 2011, uh, we got a Slenderman trailer. Sweet. Uh, this I was surprised it didn't say this movie was coming out in January. Yeah, honestly. I mean, but May. Like, whoa, man, you guys, you have some, you have some faith in this movie. Something <laughs> based off of you know creepy pasta from something awful. I hope Marble Hornets is getting a cut of this. Yeah, yeah. Like, what's the issue with the rights on this? So, like, because I know that like it exploded into an internet fucking meme, but like originally, it was an idea made by like one dude. Yeah, something so awful. Just, like, yeah, make, make, think you know, good reporting here from Slash Film, uh, basically saying like in 2009, Eric Hudson took something awful, and he basically that's where they they just photoshopped images. Yeah, of just like something like that, and then, then just from there, it's just become this giant phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, I had a friend, like, around, geez, 2009, 2010, who was, like, all into all that stuff. All the, the Marble Hornet stuff and all that stuff involving Slenderman and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just, and then it blew up to those games, those obviously, like, PewDiePie and all those, like, uh, scare games that were popular. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like no one talked about it anymore. Then Sony, being right on the cusp, <laughs> pulls, pulls right on the society there just drop in this movie and I, I even watching the trailer i'm like this doesn't look very good yeah it bumps me out because like they could make a legitimate horror that with like a sort of lovecraftian-esque monster that is slender man mm-hmm. and it just looks like a, just a thing looks like about all those type of horror films that are kind of in the wake of blair witch yeah just in the woods creepy images i'm sure there's gonna be just lots of Loud noises and jump scares. Mm-hmm. Mike uh, Stalaska from uh, Red Later will just be in his little like uh, fun house cart going around the, the haunted house. I'm waiting on an SCP movie. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Oh, really? It's a big um, internet Wikipedia of uh, a bunch of stories about monsters. The SCP is this organization that keeps a bunch of supernatural things under lock and key, and a bunch of them could theoretically, like, wipe out all life on Earth. There's even a, um, a file in there that basically explains that they found a letter written by a dude at the bottom of the Pacific Ocean, and uh, it's written by a guy one of the previous times the SCP had to wipe out all life on Earth so that they could restart it because something got out of containment. Oh, interesting. Yeah, there's uh, there's a bunch of uh, winners and a bunch of losers on that wiki, uh, but it's just a cool concept and a lot of stories, a lot of creativity on there. Well, if there's a Slenderman movie, I can't wait till they make a movie of my creepypasta about the time I bought a uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 5 cart- Sega cartridge, <gasps> and it, it the game talked to me. Uh, you know, Sonic looked at me, and he's like, I'm going to come and get you. Then I'm... Sonic hung himself, and I was I was really scared, and then the lights start flickering. And then there's and a th- Tails doll. And there's a tail doll all of a sudden next to me, and it started bleeding from the eyes, and I was so scared. It was just, I don't understand what's happening. And all of a sudden, I heard a voice behind me just whisper in my ear, gotta go fast. And then I, ah! <laughs> Can't wait for that movie to get greenlit. Let's give that $60 million. Uh, the internet's full of great, crisp, cra- 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 I was like, crappy pasta. pasta, Sony. <laughs> give them your money. I'm, it's, it's It's free money. Just make all your garbage uh, internet meme movies. Where, where's the... This is actually a legit question. Where's the fuck is the fr- Five Night at... Five, I can't even say this fucking title anymore. Where is the uh, Five Night at Freddy's movie? Yeah, I'm also curious. Because that, that fucking franchise, good for that one dude, has so many licensing deals. He is so rich. 
oh my god, like there's like entire like half aisles at, at Toys R Us of just Five Nights at Freddy's merchandise because they're spooky, scary games that from all everything I've always seen, uh, kids can play them. Like there's nothing, they're just, yeah, there's they're nothing just, gruesome, yeah. They're just scary. It's just like it's just uh, Chuck E. Cheese or um, Chuck E. Cheese, yeah. Pure pizza, uh, pure pizza. Fuck. Uh, pizza pals. Uh, Showtime Pizza. That's the one I was thinking of. Oh. The Rocket Fire Explosion. That's that's a specific thing I was trying to think of. <sighs> um, yeah, whatever. Maybe I'll get in touch with him. I'll make the Five Nights at Freddy's movie. Yeah, get that. Li- I mean, yeah, maybe maybe you can get a licensing deal. Actually, I wouldn't be surprised if it already is, someone already picked it up. They just haven't done anything with it. Oh, I'm sure. Well, then I'll license the online web series deal. There you go. Swag. Swag, 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 swag. And you could just rescan a bunch of the, like the, there's still one complete rock of fire explosion band at the factory that the guy that owns it all that's still there that you could you could buy and just reskin it all to be Five Nights at Freddy's. Actually, it'd be probably more scary if it was just the rock of fire explosion coming <laughs> to kill people. Yeah, that's my biggest criticism about like that stuff. It's like I never, I mean, it doesn't spook me, but it's almost like this doesn't look scary enough. Like if. If the fucking guitar player from Rock of Fire was just creeping down a hallway, that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Like something that's real. Like make Jesus Christ, Chuck E. Cheese, license your shit out. Yeah, seriously. Scare kids. <laughs> Let's terrify some fucking kids. Well, you know, actually, because kid, kids would then be like way more interested in coming to Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. And then they can. Then there's more children there that can steal my ski balls. Fantastic. And then uh, cloins can eat them all up. That's right. Get them cloins. Ah, please send in the coins. Please, uh, please send in the coins. What do you, what do you boys do with those pies? Ah, <laughs> uh, so I think it's about does it for news. Nothing else really interesting going on. Star Wars continues to make money. People still keep fighting about it. Apparently, if you don't like the movie, you're just a fanboy. That we've talked about that to death, and it's still going. A uh, big point I want to point out, though, for people who are listening to this who have seen the film, and keep preaching the stupid inaccuracy. Everyone keeps saying like, well. At least we know where the blue milk came from now. No, you dumb motherfuckers. That's Bantha milk yeah. on Tatooine. That is, they're not the same creature. It's not the same milk. Even in the film, I think it was green. It wasn't even fucking blue. Yeah, I very vividly remember the actual milk in The Last Jedi being green milk. And yet, when I, when I walked out, everyone kept talking about fucking blue milk. And I thought I was taking fucking crazy pills. I'm so glad you said that, Bill, because I thought I was going fucking crazy. People keep saying it. It's like, well, yeah, now we know where the blue milk comes from. Like, that's, a, that's a, from a Bantha. You know what a bantha looks like, goddammit! Jesus Christ. Fuck those people. God, I know it's the most nitpicky, stupid thing, but people keep saying it. It's like, you guys are wrong. it's just wrong. You are incorrect. Stop. And there's always people that, like, who say, or, like, you know, say they're huge Star Wars fans and that type of stuff. And it seems like such a simple thing to get wrong. Uh, I was really sad, Steve. I, I um, when I went to Disneyland, they didn't have the uh, blue bantam like the, the the breakfast anymore. They had the blue bantam milk French toast. Oh, okay. Over in Tomorrowland, I was really sad because that was actually a really good breakfast. Yeah, I never had it. Uh, uh, yeah, we had it. I think every like every day we got breakfast at the park uh, before I discovered the amazingness is is, is of the uh, Mexican restaurant. That's oh, I fucking love that place. That place. Oh my god, I discovered my love of chilaquiles. And I discovered a breakfast place in Peoria that we'd go to had chili quiles, and that's all I can eat anymore. It's amazing. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Thank you, Disneyland. Another plug for you guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you guys need Disney- the help. If you're visiting Disneyland Paris as of 
think this weekend uh, the Phantom Manor is closing down for some refurbishment stuff, so you cannot visit it. Then I found out apparently a lot of people don't like the Phantom Manor. Oh. Which I think they're incorrect. I've heard good things about it. Well, I know. I'm, I, my sample size here is just people posting on Facebook, so take that for what you will. Well, fuck them. Yeah. So everything I I I, I want to go to Disneyland Paris just to ride the Phantom Manor. Mm-hmm. So I can see the tale of a phantom that murdered a bride's husband and then spent all of eternity haunting her. Sweet. Sweet. <laughs> Darkest ride in the parks. Love it. Get Thanks fucked. So uh, let's move on to uh, what was proposed to be a theme month until we discovered that a lot of these films are impossibly hard to find. Especially the fourth one. Especially the fourth one. Uh, Which we can is... I cannot find a torrent, cannot find it to rent legally, cannot find it to buy legally unless we buy fucking something super out of date. And it's super expensive. Super expensive. Uh, it, was, it was an idea like, oh, let's make a perfect theme month because there are four films and there's four weeks in January. <laughs> It'd be excellent. So I thought, hey, let's do, let's review the Attack of the Killer Tomatoes films. And then the, the re, you know, it's hard to make sense why I didn't know there was a third and fourth film. Uh, because they're very difficult to track down. Yeah, extra, shockingly difficult. And it's, it's really, obviously it's about money, but I'm not spending $70 on a, on a DVD of the fourth fucking, you know, <laughs> Tomatoes E France, ain't happening. <laughs> ain't why not? Happen. It's a classic, I'm sure. Hmm. So, uh, just to let you know about what's going on this theme month, uh, this week is Attack of the Kill Tomatoes. Next week is Wrestle Kingdom Twelve. The week after that, who fucking knows? Of, what would you say? <laughs> I was gonna say, who fucking knows? Good luck. Who fucking knows? It will be uh, Return of the Killer Tomatoes with uh, George Clooney. Uh, the one that is more that the, the, the cartoon series that aired on Fox is more based off of. Mm-hmm. There's John Aston and stuff in it, but that we'll be reviewing that. And what the week after that, uh, we don't know yet. So check back later about what we're doing for that that fourth week. Maybe we'll uh, YouTube up some episodes of the cartoon series and Ta- talk about talk about how cl- close of an adaptation they are. Toxic Crusaders. Let's do this. Yeah, for, for, uh, we, yeah that doesn't necessarily sound terrible. I, we could <laughs> review, we could review Sergeant Kabuki Man NYPD again. <laughs> I did pick up the Blu-ray for that, so... Can... Actually, for theme month, can we do cartoons based on adult movies? We could. The Robocop uh, a of, cartoon. A lot of it's pretty... Yeah, it isn't too hard to track down. That, we'll, we'll put that in the back pocket. Yeah. I'll think about that. that yeah, cartoons. in the future. Email us at moviefilmsbillandsteve.gmail.com if you'd like to see that. I could definitely uh, pencil that in. But let's, uh, without further ado, let's get into it. 1978's Attack of the Kill Tomatoes, PG, 1 hour, 23 minutes, directed by John DeBallo... Or is it John D. Bellow? I think, I think it's D. Bellow. Yeah, John D. Bellow. A group of scientists band together to save the world from mutated killer tomatoes. Uh, tagline of the film is ARG. That was a great tagline. A new musical comedy horror show. Yeah, it's called a musical, and there's there's two musical numbers. Not enough to be considered a musical, if you ask me. Well, I, th- I think that's the joke. Okay. I see. It seems like they tried and just failed. I thought it was just them being farcical. Hard to tell. Uh, uh, you know, I choose to believe that part of it. <laughs> That's fine. So we'll do with that what you will. Uh, Steve, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen Attack of the Kill Tomatoes. If you have, what'd you think of it? What, what the, yeah, what'd you think? What'd you think of the movie? Uh, well, when I was a kid, I liked the cartoon. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so mom, you know, got me the movie to watch. And, you know, as a child, that's when I last saw the movie, you know. I, but at one point, you know, I bought, like, the special edition DVD release of it. I think I never watched it as an adult. And then I watched it as an adult for the first time and thought the movie was not good. Not good, you say. I think it is very not funny. I think it's very slow. I think that they're trying to do stupid humor, but it's just stupid. And I, you know, I was watching some of the bonus features, and the uh, team was talking about how it wasn't a huge hit, and they were just like, "Yeah, I think, uh, I think America just wasn't ready for uh, this type of humor yet, because this was like before Airplane." And I just kind of found myself saying, uh, "Yeah, but Airplane's really funny," and th- this this was not. I was just very bored the entire time. There's a few, there's a few really good jokes. But only a few out of the entire, the entire length, in my opinion. Well, uh, first thing I want to say, because I want to make sure I got the date right here. They say America wasn't ready for this type of humor. Uh, I've always thought of this movie as a more kid-friendly version of the Kentucky Fried movie, which came out in 1977. Okay. And is a lot of this. I mean, I, I'm sorry. I will say, Kentucky Fried movie is a way better movie than this and is you know generally regarded as a way better movie than this mm. uh in that regard um but i mean them saying that america just wasn't people just weren't ready for this that's rather silly <laughs> a little silly uh but you know i i don't know um i still like the film i think i it's been a while since i've seen it so watching it was enjoyable i still think it's a very charming film it's it's obviously very small budget hundred thousand dollars and i think they do uh I don't know. I think there's enough here that makes it worth it for me. I don't. Hey, you know what? A helicopter crashes and no children die. So it's already true. this that, this filmmaker is better than John Landis. That was I was going to talk about that for sure because I didn't really even think about it until I was kind of looking at stuff I'm like, oh, that was an, a legit hel- accidental helicopter crash. Yeah, that happened while they're filming, so they just rode around it. Yeah, they just had the uh, actors like walk away from the crash, say anything, and then they just dubbed what they wanted to do. Yep, and uh, and from that they got a sweet ass helicopter crash. Hell yeah! And thank thank for the pilot uh, was not hurt. And yeah, no one was hurt. Yeah, but yeah, I definitely thought the same thing. It's like oh, so this you know it's again drawing comparisons to Kentucky Fried Movie, <laughs> which was directed by John Landis, <laughs> who would go on to have a helicopter crash while the cameras were, uh, were rolling. Yeah, and uh, and also rode around it in his movie. <laughs> <laughs> With uh, slightly more fatalities. Uh, slightly. Slightly more. Uh, I, 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 give, I don't know if I told this story. I, it's relatable to now. I want to make sure I get the name of this book. Uh, there's a book that's uh, specifically about the whole Twilight Zone uh, mishap uh, incident murder that happened. And it kind of talks about um, what all went down with it. And it definitely doesn't paint Steven Spielberg in the best light. Yeah, because uh, Spielberg was the first person uh, John Landis called after it happened, and Spielberg's response was, uh, "Buddy, you better have a real fucking good publicist." <laughs> uh, so th- that was kind of like, "Ugh." Better get your best spin people on this. <laughs> Johnson, get your best spin people on this. Uh, the book is called "Outrageous Conduct: Art, Ego, and the Twilight Zone Case" uh, by Stephen Farber and Mark Green. I've heard some excerpts of that from someone who's reading through it. Uh, definitely, definitely sounds like an, a good read. Sweet. Uh, yeah, hearing that, I was like, <laughs> woof. Uh, so, technical tomatoes. Like I said, I, I still find it charming. I do agree it's a bit slow. Like, I, I think it could be cut by about 10 minutes mm-hmm. 
or at least I don't know, liven it up a bit. There's there's times where it's like, oh, I got some good good jokes going on through here. In that regard, like there's stuff, there's still there's still there's still gags that after all these years still get me. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I do think the number one best gag in the film is uh, puberty love. I'm torn on that one. I think it's really, I think it's really funny when they first uh, in- introduce it because everyone in the car like is hate hates the song. Turn the fucking thing off. Yeah. And then it keeps popping up a little bit, and then then they're just blasting it in San Diego Coliseum to ward off the tomatoes, and this just the song itself. I don't. It's so funny to me. <laughs> the way it sounds is how like irritating of a song it is. <laughs> <laughs> the joke works when it's the sheet music for me no that that that's a really good bit too like the tomato had, uh, earmuffs on that's like the show the sheet music yeah that's a good one i think uh my favorite joke in the movie is the gunshots shooting everyone except the guy that's a good one um that's probably my favorite one uh one of my favorite segments i guess we're going now top five favorite jokes uh, oh you got five good for you That's... number two is um when they're kind of doing the news footage like even the the word tomato sends people into terror okay yeah quiet room and the guy's like tomato yep that was great like, loses their shit that's a, i think that's a funny bit yeah that one's awesome uh and i still really like the the master of disguise character <laughs> like when they're dropping off the field agents he's dressed as george washington abe lincoln and they're driving along mason dixon looks over and it's like and he's uh he says he's dressed up as hitler now <laughs> Uh, but the parachute guy falls for it because that's how and good he is. That that's the good punchline there. It's like, oh, it's Adolf Hitler. <laughs> yes, Adolf Hitler was black. Oh, just excellent. And then uh, the ultimate commercial. <laughs> Hello, I'm Jesus Christ for Technotron. That was okay. That wasn't a bad gag. The first bit too with the the blind police officer. That one was way better to me. That's the only thing. Oh, I think I, I, I think that's way finer than just I'm Jesus Christ. Like I understand the implication of it, mm-hmm. but I really think they should have had the balls to show something. That's fair. Like just uh, the beginning of it. Like I could I can imagine that. Like again, a lot of these jokes I think are really good. I think would have been better in Kentucky Fried Movie or something similar in that regard. Yeah. Just, just kind of transplant them someplace else where I think... But then again, this movie wouldn't have anything else going for it if I took out like all, all the jokes I actually found would be really funny and smart. Mm-hmm. It's a film with maybe... Uh, I'll be generous because there's I, there's lots of things that happen throughout. Like maybe 10, 10 really good bits mm-hmm. that are just like dressed with a kind of schlock C-grade uh, monster film that even make Roger Corman like, kind of go, ugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I just feel like a lot of the gags are trying to be gags, but I don't know. Something about them just don't work. I just don't because like because like the tiny fucking conference room should be hilarious, but for some reason it just isn't. And I think it's because they have the initial gag of them trying to get over each other, and then they just go off on like, oh, one character isn't here yet, so let's like try to tell jokes for the next three minutes that aren't funny. And kill the initial gag of them all trying to get in. But then a uh, Japanese man sinks the USS Arizona, so... That, that is, <laughs> as far as visual gags, that is, like, an amazing, amazing gag. Yeah, I, I gotta give credit where it's due. <laughs> Totes. 
even people I've shown this I've shown this movie before to people years ago. Even they didn't care for the film, like that that scene happens, that joke, and everyone like immediately starts busting up laughing hard. Yeah, it's good. It's a really good one. I I also re- I mean I've just gonna go down through things we liked because it's really just bits. I really like just the old couple sitting on the couch, like oh look at the size of that tomato. Well, got poor Timmy. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> like they're complete like just not interest in anything happening. Mm-hmm. I thought you'd also really, I also forgot about the joke where uh, the the reporter's name is Lois and she's walking. Hey by Clark. And, like, hey Clark. Hey. Up Lois. up and away. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, that's a fair joke. Again, like, there's not... This movie is not devoid of humor. I just feel like it feels like there's 25 minutes in between every joke. And the 25 minutes in between those jokes is not a good movie. Yeah, I think uh, the movie doesn't justify itself. Yeah. That's what it should be going for. Like, it has bits, but there's nothing... It's missing uh, meat. It's a skeletal structure of good, good bits, good ideas. But as far as putting the meat on the bones... It doesn't seem to really work out. Yeah, that's how that's how I feel. I, if they would have been able to do, I don't know, whether more tomato monster movie stuff, or made a meteor plot with the fucking press secretary and the uh, soldier guy. I don't remember anyone's fucking names. That's fine. <laughs> um, a meteor story with that at least, but it just feels like it comes up short in both of those areas. And since neither one of those main plots really seems to matter... It's not enough to keep those skeletal jokes together in order to make me actually like the movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's totally fair. Like, I, I think I'm right there with you. Like, part of me is in that can- in the realm of like I really don't care for this film, but the other part of me is like, yeah, for, you know, it's charming. Hundred thousand dollars. I think they they strive for something. I think they just they, they're just missing some bite. Like, if this film, I guess, was made in the same manner as uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Mm-hmm. And that type of stuff, or like Critters, or some other films that have like horror films, or, or films that are kind of playing off of a, a type of sci-fi slash horror genre, especially stuff like B films from the fifties and 60s, early sixties that were going for it, but still like try to be horrific and dark, but still have a good air of comedy and humor about them. Yeah, I feel like that this film is really trying for it, but it's very clear the lack of money. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say I think the lack of filmmaking skills. Yes. Is really hurting that. Because uh-huh. I think, I, I really think, you know, this might be, because it's been so long since I've seen Return as well. I, I, I think they I think they hit it better in that film by making it way more B-movie-ish. Mm-hmm. With having the female, like, form of a tomato, the evil scientist, like, all this stuff going on. The stuff that basically generated the, the cartoon series. Right. I think it hits the mark a lot more in that, but this film is just, it's really missing it. Like, it's good concept, uh, a for effort, a for effort and execution, but you really just didn't hit the mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when I think of live action Killer Tomatoes, the visual that I get immediately in my brain, and I forget which one it's from, if it's from two or three, but I get the visual of a bunch of little tomatoes that just got done killing someone, and when someone walks in on them, they turn around, they're all wearing little hockey masks. <laughs> I think that isn't. I think that isn't return. Okay, um, and like that's what. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes should be. Mm-hmm. And this movie is that in title. But it really feels like they missed the point of what... Again, what the stuff in between the bits should have actually been. Yeah. You know, and I understand they can't go super crazy with animatronics or a lot of puppeteering, you know, because of their budget. And clearly, like, very inexperienced filmmakers. 
but they could have done more than only a tomato rolling down the hallway and a guy choking on tomato juice to actually push the um, idea of, yeah. of killing tomatoes. And I feel like there's only a few scenes when it's actually people and tomatoes battling and tomatoes killing people, but you don't see anything because it's just big tomatoes. And you can argue that that's part of the um, insanity. Like, how are these ki- tomatoes killing people? Oh, I don't know. And I can get I can get that and appreciate that, but it just doesn't work here. Uh-huh. And it's even like more ridiculous when the DVD has a killer tomato with the mouth and the eyes from the sequels on the menu. And, yeah. and you're just like, oh yeah, that's what that's what I want to see. Not just this tomato in sink. But I don't know. Uh, I don't want to sound like the Legend of Fun Killer over here. No, I, I'm <laughs> just trying to think of other ways we can kind of chat because I think we're hitting all the points. Uh, I'm just trying to formulate what I really. I think. No, I think you're right. I think that's that's the harsh criticism about this film. Like, it, it's that it's that camp of uh, good idea. Just you just you just missed the mark, you buddy. Just mucked it up. You just mucked it up. But you know, when I'm looking at this guy, I couldn't remember. Yeah, John DeBello did direct all four of these films. And but then again, when Return of the Killer Tomatoes, that was ten years later. So but that probably came a lot more. You know, I will see next week. It's been so long, so maybe more. You know, he figures it out a bit better. At least he yeah, clearly got the concept, kind of you know, right, uh, right, figured out and got the core of it, you know, better. So it, I guess it's more, you know, will fit better for what he's going to go for. Mm-hmm. But it's like I don't know. Is missing the bite? Missing? I get, I get what he's going for. I like the beginning of it. It's like. Uh, when Alfred Hitchcock released the birds, everyone laughed. But then a hunt, th- thousands of birds killed a small town. Who's laughing now? Mm-hmm. So I, g- I get where he's drawing inspiration here from. Obviously, it's going for that you know monster B movie type feel. But yeah, and I get that. It, but at the same time, it's like yeah, but you're making a film that's not really elevating what you're like making fun of. Like you're that's not, you're not, the yeah, that's a great way to put it. You're not you're not improving on it. You're not doing something interesting with it. You're just if this film was in black and white and you t- just kind of scrubbed out a couple jokes, it'd be the same kind of garbage movie yeah. from 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 twenty years earlier. Yeah, and you're you're not really you didn't do anything interesting like Killer Clowns. It's like that Holy is shit. going for something. Or uh, again, um, I, I don't know, the remake of the Blob just took the same concept, did did just did something different with it, made it a lot darker, made it a much more graphic horror film. Uh, Critters is another type of cre- creature flick type thing, and I guess it still has a hint of humor and about it, especially, especially Critters too. Mm-hmm. But at least they're they're doing something different with the kind of thing they're going for. I'm sure there's other cases, uh, but I'm I'm kind of blanking on it. Or I guess, um, Spaced Invaders like kind of plays on the idea of like, Martians coming down, or uh, just I mean I, can, I don't know. There's tons of stuff in that in that realm from the 80s, late 70s, 80s, even early 90s that was taking some taking those elements of the 50s and early 60s and like cheap uh, drive-in filmmaking and really doing doing it but making it different enough to where you can kind of see what they're parodying what they're playing off of Mm -hmm. this film is just falling in the same trap of like nope just like i said black and white this would be the same fucking thing and it'd be just it'd be on mst3k getting torn apart right exactly yeah you it's like you're 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 your, the amount of pretty solid jokes is just elevating you up just by like an inch mm-hmm. above all these other ones. That's really that's all helping you stand above. And that's the thing, you know. And for me, where only a few of those jokes worked, it's not getting elevated even that much. Mm-hmm. And again, like it, if the jokes work for you, I see that. 
I can see that, but there's just not enough in between those jokes. Because, again, humor is subjective, and I know that fucking firsthand. You know, plenty of people don't like Carousel, because they don't find it funny, and it's a very strong comedy movie. But if they uh, don't like it, it's because they don't like the humor. Whereas with this, there's not enough humor, and the rest of the movie also isn't good. Yeah. Um, That's really fair. I'm sure with a lot of, like, my general charming and like, tra- idea of charm in this film is definitely probably a lot of rose-tinted glasses. Mm-hmm. Where I, I kind of look at it, like, you know, I, I'm kind of like, oh, okay, like, I'm, st- I'm, re- I'm remember, like, my memories of, like, these jokes that have stuck with me even over all these years is kind of still from it. I'm sure it's I'm giving it some praise because of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, that's, that's where I'm at on that. I, I think uh, lead character Mason Dixon is still a pretty funny guy. I like how even... Through a lot of the film, his character is kind of in the boat of even realizing a lot of this is garbage and stupid and these people around him are idiots. Yeah. Like, he's kind of the straight man of the film. Yeah, and I can appreciate that. That worked fine enough. Mm-hmm. I enjoy him enough, but yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, because I don't remember in return if, um... Shit. Uh, Wilbur Finletter, that's the name of the... Yeah. Yeah, he does pop in return. Never mind. I just, I just couldn't remember if the, the you know, obviously the, they got the parachute. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, Finn, I Finn figured Lutter. that he came back because he's in the cartoon. Yeah, he was in the cartoon. I just couldn't remember if he was in return. He is in return, um, so that covers that. I I feel like there's quite a, a bit of they didn't know what they wanted to do with their own characters, and they put stuff in because there was an initial gag, but then they didn't really have anything else. Like the uh, scuba, scuba, uh, scuba diver guy? Scuba diver guy. He has the joke of just jumping in the pond and we never see him again. Like, I, I didn't think it was again. funny. He was on his team. It's like, she's an Olympic swimmer. And she's out just eating cereal and gets killed. And then Finn Litter shows up and says, let her know, hey, there's tomatoes in here. And walks away. Like, she's, she's dead. Like, that's the joke, obviously. But mm-hmm. it's, it's it's kind of funny how useless these special ops people are. Yeah. But maybe maybe they just weren't. No, I, I think, again, I think the disguise guy has the best gags as far as the entire team. Uh, of that team, yes. But that's not a very high bar. But he, That's totally fair. But he does have the best gags. I like how he goes and disguises tomato, and he's sitting there with everybody else. And he's coming to the realization that what he's eating is people, mm-hmm. and then he fucks up by asking for ketchup. Yeah, he fucked up. I give space. Can I have some ketchup? <laughs> but then what happens? We don't know. Maybe he's fine. We don't, we don't know. Yeah, it's true. We never get any follow-up with that. But then again, the film would be even longer. It could, it, oh, it, fuck, you're right. It was already looked like it was stretching hard for its 87 minutes. Yeah, it was stretching hard. It could have been an 80-minute movie, minimum. It could have been even I, shorter, I, probably. Even when I kind of was talking to Rachel, I'm like, oh, it's like a 70-minute watch. So I'm sitting there like, oh, it's 87. That's way longer than I thought it was. <laughs> I remember being shorter. Um, last visual gag I thought was funny. I like how they have three people dressed up as the Marx Brothers in the stadium before that when they're confronting all the tomatoes yeah i did like miss potato fame in 1922 yeah <laughs> some good some good stuff there so i i don't know if i had anything else to really add to the film i think we said our piece about the film what it was going for and what it kind of definitely lacked in regard to mm-hmm. uh so we're gonna do some star rating steve two yeah i think my gut leads to me to just to a heartfelt three okay like i i say I still think it's a film people should check out. Mm-hmm. I still think it has its place in like the schlock science fiction comedy kind of um, drive-in genre. I think it still has a place there. I think it just should be seen once from by people. I think that you know just to have I guess some sort of um, um, background on the songs. I know the song is like 
popular enough. I think everyone knows the, the fucking song. song. I feel. Yeah, I know that for sure. So I think it helps give some background. That I, I don't know. I, I think it's always worth at least one watch. And for you know, in that regard. I think it's. I, I can agree on that. You know, I don't like the movie. I, I give it two out of five, but I still think it is worth people watching just to understand what the hell this is. Because again, this movie sp- spawned a f- technically a franchise and a cartoon series, and I still have a Game Boy video game upstairs somewhere for Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Yeah. Like, I mean, this was, for a time, pretty fucking huge. And I don't know how. It, 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 it and Toxic Avenger. <laughs> yeah. Are those two two things that have franchises that both got cartoons and uh, so I, I mean, obviously, it's easy to understand how Toxic Avenger kind of kept going and how it was so big. Mm-hmm. But especially when it comes to the Kill Tomatoes franchise, it's just like, that's why when we were planning this, I'm like, oh, there's two more films? I've never even heard of these fucking things. I knew there was a third. I did not know there was a fourth. Yeah, Kill Tomatoes Eat France. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, yeah. Spoilers. So uh, spoilers, <laughs> dudes. I watched one, like, clip of it, and I was kind of like, oh, this movie is not good. <laughs> So anything that was going there definitely drops a bit off in quality. So we'll, but we'll find out in two weeks how uh, Return, Return of the Killer Tomatoes turns out, how it stands up to test time. I just remember that film. I remember owning that film on VHS along with Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. And I remember just watching Attack of the Killer Tomatoes a lot more. Like it was one of those cases where just I saw the cartoon series and I'm like, oh, and then I watched the movie. I'm like, oh, this is like in the cartoon series. And I just remember being bored. So... We'll see how I feel uh, 20 years later <laughs> in that regard. If you guys want to get in touch with us, let us know what you thought about the film, what you think about the franchise. Please email us at moviefilmsbillandsteve at gmail.com. You can also find all of our episodes at moviefilmsbillandsteve.tumblr.com. Make sure to catch up on everything we did last year in 2017 and be able to keep up with everything we're doing this year in 2018 and beyond. And, of course, you can find us on Facebook. Just look at Movie Films Bill and Steve. Give the page a like so you never miss a status update about what's going on with us. And leave a comment. Uh, let us know who your favorite character was in Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Uh, you can also find us on iTunes. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode. Leave a five-star review letting us how we're doing. And we're also on Stitcher, the website, and the mobile app. And, as always, I am always on Twitter, at Bill. And, of course, you can check out my crappy films that you can shit all over, silverspotlightfilms.com, facebook.com slash silverspotlightfilms. You can check me out being a superhero or wearing a dress, uh, facebook.com slash theamazingspidersteve. And you can see almost all of my movies on Amazon Prime Video for free if you're a Prime member. If not, they're pretty cheap to rent. Me, I Christmas is like 99 cents. Uh, Captain Z, I think, is like two bucks. You know, they're, they're affordable. You can go check them out. Definitely check them out. Worth worth every penny you spend on them. And as always, guys, I've been Bill. I've been Steve. Technically, sir, tomatoes are fags. <laughs> <laughs>